Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Tonight I want to speak to you about this topic called rest. This morning I was sitting at the dining room table working on my notes, and Marcus came down the stairs and said, Mom, what are you teaching on tonight? And I said, well, Marcus, I'm teaching on rest. And he looked at me and he said, you know that you will be mocked. (laughs) I said, yes, Marcus, I know that. (laughs) Uh, So my disclaimer is I'm not teaching this subject because I have this mastered. Actually, I don't. I'm teaching this because this is for me tonight and I'm welcoming, well, you can come in and listen, welcoming you in to listen. Uh, I think this is a topic that affects most of us, if not all of us, and so I just felt tonight to share it with you and give you some hope and confidence in the Lord. How's that? Amen. And so today, I was looking for confirmation. Whenever I'm getting ready to teach or preach, I'm always like, Lord, please let me know if this is the right thing, and I just happened to check Twitter. Not that God confirms things through Twitter or anything, but do you know what today is? National Relaxation Day. Oh, yes, it is. August 15th. Hashtag National Relaxation Day. And I said, Lord, thank you for your confirmation because everybody in America is trying to find a way to relax today. So uh, two-fifths of all Americans are tired most of the week. Is that a true statement for you? Come on, raise your hand if you're tired most of the week. And 43% of Americans say they're too tired to function at work. This is a problem in America. This is a problem. I'm sure it's a problem in other places too. But it seems like we are, we chase it all the time, don't we? That concept of rest, to actually feel rested, to feel good. It's hard, isn't it? Uh, Stress and social media are taking their toll on us, aren't they? I did a lot of reading on how social media is affecting rest, and uh, there's addictions now where people check their phones every so many minutes during the day, and all this happening, it's just changing the way that we rest, the way that we unhook, the way that we communicate with one another, and so it's becoming an issue. It is becoming an issue. Um, I have recently read a book, and this is where some of the information I'm going to share with you comes from tonight. The book is called The Unseen Companion by Michelle Lynn Centers, but she made this comment, and I have it there on your study guide. She said, I know you are with me, God, but I am just so physically tired and emotionally drained, weary to the core of my soul. I no longer have the hope of getting everything done. I just try to get through each day devoid of emotion that might sap me of what little energy I have. That sounds drastic, but honestly, I've been there. I don't know if you've been, but I've been there where you're like, God, if I can just make it through today and get my head on the pillow, we'll just start again in the morning because that's where I am. I would venture to say most of us have very busy, crazy lives with a lot of demands on us, and that makes rest very hard to find, doesn't it? And even if you lay down at night for a good night's rest, your rest can be interrupted, and then when you wake up in the morning, you start it all over again. So I feel like this is an important topic, and so thank you for listening to me talk to myself tonight. I'm going to give you some myths about rest. Myth number... Number one, rest is a luxury. That's a myth. 
The truth is, rest is not a luxury. It is a physical and emotional necessity. And if you go too long without it, you know that uh, people with babies can say amen. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. If you feel like a zombie once you've had a baby because you don't even know what day it is sometimes. It's crazy. Uh, How about this myth? Number two, I will rest when I finish the work. When I get everything finished, then I will rest. But the truth is this, the work is never finished, only paused. This is true. I lie to myself a lot and say this, and I'll say, look, I'll tell my kids, look, this is just a season we're going through, and it's going to change. And they all look at me, my kids look at me as if to say, you're fooling yourself. This is true, isn't it? We tell ourselves these things. Myth number three. Oh, let me go back to myth number two. I do have this little sign beside my bed. It's a, an old proverb, and it says, what's done is done. What's not done is not done. Let it be. Praise the Lord. You feel blessed? Amen. I read that at night when I have a whole list I haven't done yet. What's done is done. What's not done is not done. Let it be. Just let it go, Diana. Amen. Myth number three. I don't have time to rest. Have you ever said that? But here's the truth. Resting even for only a few minutes will strengthen you to continue your work with greater efficiency and emotional stability, and your family will thank you because you won't be so mean. So you got to rest sometimes. This is true. Myth number four. If I rest, everything will fall apart. Have you ever felt that way? Here's the truth. Everything will patiently wait for you until after you have regained your strength. It will all be there when you're done resting. Myth number five, rest is a sign of laziness. That's a myth. No, rest is a gift and a requirement set forth by God. Even God himself rested. There you have it. And then myth number six, and I think this is what really drove this Bible study for me. Because when I came upon this statement, and I have said it, and I've had people say it to me, I think it had, it's bothered me, and so I think tonight this is where I want to land and really take this apart. Myth number six, remember, God won't give you more than you can handle. Has anybody ever said that to you? Raise your hand. Or have you ever said it? I have. Come on. Has anybody else said it? I've said it trying to comfort someone. Well, God won't give you more than you can bear. Just hang in there. Grin and bear it. You're going to make it. Have you ever said that to somebody? (laughs) I have. And people have said it to me. And I've even had someone say, you know, the Bible says, you know, the Bible says, God won't give you more than you could bear. That's not true. The Bible does not say that. Aren't you glad you came to Bible study tonight? That's right. Uh, How about this? If God would give me more than I can handle, if God won't give me more than I can handle inside the study guide there. Well, then God must think I'm pretty strong. Have you ever said that? Because we've got a lot on the plate right here. God must think I'm a superhero woman because look at all I'm doing right now. And so we say to ourselves, get up, get the job done. After all, God knows I can handle this. My friends think I can handle this. Something must be terribly wrong with me because I really can't handle this. Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) Maybe I'm up here by myself, but I just feel the Holy Spirit ministering to me tonight. So, you know, this is a line that we say, you know what? God's not going to put on you more than you can bear. So just get in there. You can do this. That is not what the scripture says. 
We reach seasons and situations where rest is very far away from us, and we live crazy, crazy lives. Centers, in her book that I mentioned, says, I was far weaker than God and everyone else believed. So tonight, if you are tired and you have stress, I want to give you hope because we all need a little bit of hope. The verse that people take that myth from is really 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. So I'm going to read it for you because I know you've heard this verse. No temptation has taken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that is a wonderful verse. Amen. That speaks to us. But guess what? This is not talking about stress and hardship. This is talking about temptation. So I thought, well, I'm going to look up the word temptation in the Greek to make sure it actually means temptation. And guess what it means? Temptation. (laughs) It doesn't mean hardship. It doesn't mean, you know, I'm having a rough time right here and God's not going to put it on me. Temptation actually is an enticement to sin. It's a temptation, whether arising from the desires or from the outward circumstances. So that this verse is not about, well, God's not going to put on you more than you could bear. This verse is about temptation. The scripture does not reference suffering or hardship. So here's the problem, though. I got to figure out how to navigate life in a way that's healthy and whole and rested. And that is a challenge, isn't it? Because the schedules that we all keep make it almost impossible for rest to be consistent. Yes? And and that's not anything we always can control. It's coming at us from so many different directions. And if you're like me, I have problems saying no because I want everyone to be happy. So I say yes because I want you to be happy with me. So I say yes when I probably should be saying no because I don't want you to be unhappy. Does anybody else do that? Praise the Lord. Yes, this is a weakness. We have to get over ourselves. If we maintain strength, wisdom, and righteousness on our own, then why would we need a Savior? If you could be that superhuman person who could always keep it together, always have a good attitude, always be rested, always have the right answer, why would you need Jesus? We are all human We're all struggling to make this work, aren't we? We need a savior. We need somebody to help us. So when you feel that anxiety or that stress coming on, this isn't a sign that you're a weak person. You're just human. And we all need the savior in our lives. Praise God. So the problem is I need rest. And what's the actual definition for rest? It means to cease work or movement in order to relax, sleep, or recover strength. That's what rest means, to cease work or movement in order to relax, sleep, or recover strength. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 and 9 says, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. And that last phrase that's in there says, who raises the dead? When Paul wrote that, he, he got it right. He really got it right. And I think he tacked that little phrase on the end just to say, 
just in case you're worried if God can help you, if God can handle this, guess what? He raises the dead. What else is there? How much more power do you need? But you're in a relationship with someone who can control anything and help in any situation. So this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Listen, all of us, especially if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and Pastor Ellis preached on that recently in such a phenomenal way, you have within you, you have inside of you an asset, something powerful that you can draw on, but we live stress-filled, crazy, unrested lives. Why? Because we don't tap into the resource that God can be for us. We need a Savior. We need Him. We need a resource greater than and wiser than ourselves who helps us. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. When I feel that unrested spirit, and it happens to me frequently, where I just feel, whoo, I got the stress coming on me here. I got a lot going on that I've got to manage. When I feel that, the goal isn't to just drink more coffee or take another energy drink or do so. It's to look inside myself and say, God, give me the wisdom to balance things, to handle things, to react the way that I should. Why? Because I have someone greater than me who knows it all, who can help me navigate. Amen. He's awesome. God is awesome. We habitually push through fatigue in America, don't we? Do you do that? Yes, I do it. And it takes a lot of additives in our lives to get us through sometimes, but that is not the will of God. So like a good parent, God models the behavior he would like to see for his children. I put a picture in there of a dad sleeping, holding a baby. God models for us the behavior that he sees, he would like to see in his children. Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3 says, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The rest that God initiated way back in Genesis was a pattern for us. Listen, it was a pattern for us. And when we ignore that pattern, we do disservice to ourselves. And he said right at the very beginning when he created everything, he said, look, there's an order in which things work. And after you get done working, you rest. Then you start again. That's the pattern. All right. But isn't that hard? (laughs) That's hard to do. That's hard to do. But God did not rest because he was tired. He rested from his work to set a precedent for his people. And God was very serious about this. It wasn't just a suggestion. Leviticus 23, verse 3 says, There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath day to the Lord. This fights against our culture, doesn't it? Because we live in a society that doesn't necessarily recognize a day devoted to God and to rest. That, and that's a hard thing in our culture, isn't it? Because, hey, everything's open on Sundays. Oh, except Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> you know, we're in a seven-day-a-week culture. It doesn't stop. You can shop on, you know, the, you, can, you can shop 24-7 online. Amazon will deliver it to, right to your house. I mean, come on. 
there's every, we live in this culture that's just 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you don't make a decision on how you're going to order your life and you get sucked into that, you will be tired. <laughs> you will be tired. But we, we have guidelines in the scriptures that give us ideas on how to do this. And not only ideas, but commandments. I didn't put it in your study guide, but when God was laying out the law for Moses, he not only said the seventh day, is a Sabbath day to you, but he said the seventh year is a Sabbath year for you. And every seventh year, you are to let the land rest for the entire year and not farm, not plow for that whole year. Wow, that was quite a commandment, wasn't it? Because they had to trust God that God was going to take care of them through that whole year. And they didn't think God was serious about it. Plus, it was difficult to trust God like that. But at the end of 490 years, when they had been not observing this law for 490 years, finally Israel went into captivity, and he told them, you're going to be in captivity 70 years. Every year that you failed to give back the Sabbath to me, I'm taking it. Wow. And they were in captivity for 70 years. As I was reading through those verses again today, and I know we don't live in the Old Testament anymore, but it began to really touch my heart to say, okay, Diana, you need to get a grip. There are, there are suggestions, there are laws, there are plans that God has, and he knows better than you. you got to get a grip here. Thank you for joining me for Bible study tonight. I do intend to be totally mocked on this, but that's okay because the Lord said, just go ahead and deliver it. And besides, hashtag National Relaxation Day. That's what I'm saying. Jesus, both fully God and man, he, he experienced exhaustion, hunger, thirst, grief. Sometimes we think, well, he didn't live like we did. He lived exactly like we did. He worked. He, he had a lot going on in his life. Hunger, thirst, grief, anger, sadness, temptation, and longing for his people. Mark 6.31. I don't know if you've ever had a day like this, but I have. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. They were living crazy lives. This happens to me every once in a while, and when I get to the end of the day and I haven't eaten, I'm like, a fast day. Praise God. <laughs> I hope you took it as a fast day because it was God. <laughs> oh, no. Sometimes life is so crazy you don't even have a chance to eat. All right? Isn't that a great uh, version here? But he said, listen, it's time to stop all the craziness. Come away and rest. Come away and get some rest. Centers in her book said, lay down your endless striving, your self-imposed burdens, and societal expectations. Get some rest. I was reading an article by a psychologist that said that she often deals with people who come into her office who said, I'm so tired, I don't know what to do. She said, I usually ask them this question. What would happen to your to-do list if you were in the hospital? I felt sick when I read that. What would happen to my to-do list if I were in the hospital? Well, guess what? Yeah, it would wait. Or somebody else would do it. 
But we get this mindset that everything has to be done on this schedule and I have to keep going. And we put ourselves into a place where we, we are not rested. And when we're not rested, we are not good for ourselves. We're not good for our family. We're not good for the kingdom of God. So we have to find a way to rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Really tonight, what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to find two kinds of rest. One is physical rest, to make wise decisions about your schedule so that you can rest. All right? That's the natural physical thing. But the second thing is spiritual Because many times we think, well, you know what I really need? I really need a nap. Well, you might need a nap, but you also might need to be in the presence of the Lord. Because you are body, soul, and spirit. And not everything about you is physical. You're a person who has a spirit. And the rest for your spirit comes from your time in connection with the spirit of God. Sunday morning, I came in, and thank God for Sister Mickey. She's back there. I've had a very crazy schedule, a lot going on in my family. And when I walked in the door on Sunday, I barely had it together. But I thought, I'm going to get there. Bless God, and we'll be fine. You know how it is. A lot going on. A lot going on in my family. I just had come back from Florida. My parents both have health issues. There's a lot going on. And when I walked in the door, I, I had it all together. But she looked at me, and she's like, how are you? I just started to cry. I said, well, just hug me, Mickey. Go ahead. She said to me, Diana, you just need to get in the, church, in the service and feel the spirit of the Lord. She said that as she was praying for me. I said, you know what? You're exactly right. A nap isn't going to help this. Yeah, I need to lay down for a minute and take a nap, but that's not all I need. I need to be in the presence of the Lord Why? Because that is the place of rest. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not just in a service, but in your private devotion. When you're in your car, turn on that music that's going to feed your soul. Why? Because we live in this crazy world that's sapping the rest out of us. You have to take responsibility to replace it for yourself. Because if not, believe me, nobody's going to do it for you but you. Oh, that's why worship is so important. And Brother Andrew, thank you so much for the work that this praise team does because no matter what's going on in our lives, you can come in here on a Sunday morning and when the music starts, raise your hands and be transported to the presence of God. What that does for your soul, there's just no way to even measure it. Praise God. Praise God. We are body, soul, and spirit. We need rest. So he said on the back of your study guide there, He said, take my yoke upon you. That verse in Matthew 11 says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. A yoke, which is not something we see very often now, but back in agricultural days when there was a lot more farming, you would see. It's a heavy wooden bar that was shaped to fit over the neck of two work animals, and it would, it would hook those two animals together 
so that as they were plowing, the strength of those two animals together would produce so much more work than just one animal working by itself. And they would even take an older animal and yoke a younger animal to it to train that younger animal how to plow, how to work that field. And this is the analogy in that scripture. Jesus said, come to me. Get in this yoke with me. Obviously, he's the stronger, healthier, more experienced one. We're the younger one without much, you know, knowledge on what to do. But he's like, get in this yoke with me. Why? Because my burden is light. Because I know how to get through life without falling apart. Praise God. Oh, God, help us learn to be yoked with Christ, to work with him, to partner up with God, and let him coach us to listen to his voice. God, what is your plan for my schedule? When do I need to say yes and when do I need to say no? He can teach us how to do it. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore will I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul said, Look, when I am weak, that is the perfect opportunity for God's strength to be laid on me. Because I can't do it by myself. I've got to have strength outside myself to make it. And he said, I'm going to boast about it. I'm going to tell you, no, I'm weak. Why? Because I'm inviting God into my life to say, come on, can you help me? Can we work together here? Oh, praise God. Praise God. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Listen, if you're stressed tonight, if you're tired, I'm just telling you, you're not going to be able to do it all by yourself. But wow, what a resource we have in God if we can just tap into it and say, coach me through this. I'm yoked in here with you. Help me make decisions that are going to be to the arrest that I need to have and answer the questions I need to say. What do you want me to do? What is the schedule? What should I say yes to? What should I say no to? Even on our jobs, even in our work, even in our family. Why? Because God's that involved in our lives that he can truly help us. Praise God. Rest and strength are inherently connected. If you want to have strength, it will be linked to the amount of rest in your life. Because when you're tired, you're, you're weak. You're worn out. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Isaiah chapter 40, 29 through 31. I know you know these verses, but I wanted to read them again for you. He gives, he gives strength to the weary. He gives it. When you are weary, you can ask him for strength. And he gives it to you. Praise God. Amen. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Praise God. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. As we live our lives, 
as crazy, busy, stressed out people, we do not have to live that type of life. We can say, God, coach me through this. Help me find a place of rest. Learn when to say no. Learn when to say yes. I know when uh, my kids were young, we would many times be driving home in the car in the afternoons, and all of a sudden they would be fighting and scraps would break out, and it would be craziness. And I would say, you know what? We're going home, and everybody's taking a nap. That's what we need. Because the answer is, if your kids are cranky, they need to go to bed. (laughs) This was my answer. I don't know if it was always right, but that was the go-to. And it was so funny because Alyssa would say, Fine. Thank you. Marcus would go, no! <laughs> Marcus would not take a nap. I did everything. Everyone told me to get Marcus to sleep, and he would not take a nap. He would not. I, I, it was screaming, crying, crazy all the time. So finally, I gave up. I'm sorry. I was in my 30s. I couldn't help myself. I said, you know what, Marcus? If you want to sleep, help yourself. If not, stay up till midnight. I don't even care. That wasn't true, but sometimes. But anyway, he would be playing craziness in the house. All of a sudden, it would be quiet. I'm like, oh no, he's quiet. Something happened. I would walk through the house until I would find him. And there he would be, laying against the wall, totally sound asleep. And so, I would go get a blanket and throw it on him. I'm like, have at it, buddy. (laughs) That's where you want to sleep? You just help yourself. Because he did not want to go into a bed and sleep in the daytime. He still doesn't take a nap. So have you ever heard this? But mommy, I don't want to take a nap. And mommy says, there will come a day that you will pray to God for a nap. (laughs) Is there anybody in that boat right now? I have a video I want to show you, which will bless your heart. Why don't you push your sister? You want to go home now? Aww. Why don't you want to take in the water? I'm taking a nap. You want to take a nap? I'm taking a nap here. Okay, take a nap right there then. Good night. Good night. <laughs> she said, I need a nap. I need a nap. He said, right here, yes. She just lays down. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that sometimes? I need a nap. Oh, my goodness. I just tonight came to encourage you that we don't have to live crazy, stressed-out lives. It will happen. The crazy will happen. The stress will happen. But when it does, we have a choice, and that is to allow the rest of the Holy Spirit to help manage our lives. And it might mean, you know what? You need to take a nap. And if you do, I bless you in Jesus' name. But it also might mean that you need to get into the presence of the Lord because that will give rest to your soul. And sometimes you have to have a strategy And protect that to make it happen. Because believe me, Satan doesn't want it to happen. And you have to protect it so that it will happen. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. The English Standard Version says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me. Doesn't that sound like the American culture? God's like, you just need to lay down here. Sometimes he allows things to happen in our lives to slow us down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. So tonight, I just want to encourage you to take a nap. If you feel it, you just tell your family. Sister Eid said, 
God said, take a nap. Praise the Lord. We need to get rest back into our lives. But it's not only that. It's not only physical rest. It's spiritual rest. Because that will bring peace to your soul. Amen. Well, let's stand together. I want to thank you for sharing this moment with me tonight. (laughs) This Bible study was for me. Yes, I totally uh, took over this time to teach myself a Bible study, and I thank you for sharing it with me. (laughs) And if you want to mock me, I do deserve it because I do not have this down at all. But I'm trying because I'm determined not to go to my grave worn out. Amen. I want to bring honor and glory to God. Amen. Lord, I just ask you that I'm sure some of us are struggling with this because in our culture, it's just rampant. We, we live very busy lives, and there are many demands on us. And not just demands, but stressful situations that come to us, health situations or family dynamics, things on our job that add stress and worry and difficulty to us. But here's what I know. You are the source of our strength, God, and you are the strength of our life. Hallelujah. So coach us as we yoke ourselves with you. Help us to hear your voice and obey it so that we can live as restful people, obeying the Sabbath, the laws that you set forth as principles for living, and then being able to share this rest with people who are desperate in the world, who don't know how to find it. God, give us enough margin in our lives so that we can share with other people this peace and rest that you've brought into our lives. I just claim it in the name of Jesus, and I thank you that you provided this for us, that we don't have to live crazy and stressed out, but we can do all things through you because you give us the power to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I say take a nap. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.